News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. A good Saturday morning and welcome to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence. Brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center right there at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. And of course, joining us in the studio is your host, Andy Waddell. Good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Thanks and, for having me. Well, beautiful morning out there right now. It is. Nice and cool. A little, uh, mm-hmm. little sunshine and a good forecast for the day. Absolutely. And uh, that will lead to folks maybe heading out to the garden getting some stuff done out there but of course we always start off the show with some timely tips you bet you bet maybe uh first thing you want to set up the sprinkler while we're <laughs> while we're talking <laughs> a little dry out this morning right. for sure for sure so uh um yeah thanks for all joining us and it's uh it is an exciting time of the year tim mm-hmm. just a lot of a lot of stuff coming into hotels and uh Helped unload a, a truckload of pumpkins and uh, fall gourds and um, um, all the decorations, corn stalks. And oh, those strong. pumpkins are coming. Yeah. <laughs> and I know then apples and cider and stuff will be right around the corner, everybody, if it hasn't already started. I always love to visit, whether it be for Hague's or mm-hmm, something like that, mm-hmm. and get good uh, uh, Schultz. Um, just Absolutely. saying everybody, you know, um, Husteads, you know, everybody has good apples in the county and it's, it's a fun time of the year. Yeah. So, um, um, we'll talk in a few minutes, maybe, uh, what happened at the house this morning before I got here, Tim, but we'll, uh, we'll, uh, catch up on that. Okay. <laughs> I did, uh, also, uh, ask some, uh, um, Last week, we had good callers and good texters, so we didn't get through all our notes. And I oh, that's right. actually had, uh, um, I found some remedies, but okay. we uh, had an issue with some bald-faced hornets, and that wasn't this morning, but uh, mm. um, how to take care of them. And I'll tell you, spray foam doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing that aims 20 feet away, right, right. I think they kind of laughed at me. So um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So, so many gardeners and landscape possibilities just not enough time. I think I've heard that uh, quite a few times, whether it be uh, mm. in your line of work or lack of help right now, mm. <clears throat> lack of help at home. Um, so as the days become shorter, every gardener I know is cherishing each gardening hour more than ever. Experienced green thumbers know the investment of time and resources into fall gardening and landscape projects that will re- reap many rewards. Work you actually do this fall Uh, on your lawn will be far more beneficial than work put off in the spring. We've talked about it many times. Grass plants right now are feeding heavily to develop good root system and sending out tillers and rhizomes to grow and thicken up. So this fall, don't ignore it. Make sure you feed your turf and along with your many other uh, fall and gardening projects outside. Stop into Adele's. Find out what your last fall application was so then we can uh, maybe line you up with your winterizer evergreen transplants are uh, just great time to do it almost better than any other time of the year believe it or not when transplanting spruce pine fir they take to transplanting in the fall because the soil is still warm the plant is definitely gone dormant at the top but it set its buds But meanwhile, those roots continue to grow. Soil temperatures are just right in September to stimulate new root growth on transplanted evergreens. Make sure you put beneficial mycorrhiza on all your evergreens uh, when you're transplanting, along with a beneficial root starter mixed with water as you soak them in. 
shade trees planted now will get off to a faster start and will grow far more after the uh, far better after the first year of planting. Shrubs planted now will bloom better after fall planting. Many perennials can be very successfully put in and transplanted in the autumn. Spring flowering bulbs, which need to be planted in the autumn. Added these must-do projects are many hardscape projects we've all put off all in the summer. Got pretty hot this summer, so maybe the projects need to be started and finished in the next four to six weeks. A new brick gardening path. Maybe an alley of arching tree branches. A garden pond. That new arch or gazebo for the walkway. New sloped areas, maybe terracing with new um, uh, stone or block or wall that's dressed up a side of a hill that needed to be done. I've noticed many landscapes that sometimes have a compost pile that sticks out like a sore thumb. Why not screen your compost area with attractive evergreens? Maybe something that is deer-proof, like Spring Grove or Green Giant Arborvita. As you can tell, there's never a lack of projects for every homeowner who appreciates fine gardening and landscaping. Many deciduous and tr trees and shrubs right now are prematurely losing their leaves. Somebody brought in samples of uh, spruce yesterday, Tim, and the tips were all brown, nice and... Oh. Um, mm -hmm. And somebody was wondering what happened. Well... The last month, just think of how spring's been a lot of up and downs. All right. Um, wet here, dry there, really dry, drought in June. Then we got some moisture, and now, again, very dry. If in question, feel down underneath the tree. Can you put your hand in the ground right now? I bet you can't. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> pretty, pretty hard. We were... Um, our crews were digging and putting in uh, projects this week, and most of the digging was done with axes and mattocks, not with shovels. So planting now, um, you might want to make sure to get on a watering program. Low moisture sometimes leads to leaf disease. Homeowners who value their landscape plants need to thoroughly soak the soil around all tree shrubs and evergreens in September, September and October. Failure to irrigate plants in the autumn could res result in winter dieback or the death of plants. Reduction of root mass and all will result in poor growth, possible insect and disease invasion or damage. A great example is our poor white paper birch over the years. Now they're hardly even noticed in the Kalamazoo County area. We have new varieties that work hard on um, of fending off the disease and insects, but lack of moisture brings on um, a lot of uh, stress to old-style birch. Adequate irrigation of woody plants, meaning running a sprinkler, sometimes maybe three to six hours. In each position, every three to four weeks. Drought-stressed trees and shrubs are also good candidates for feeding this fall. I would hold off just a couple more weeks, maybe feed once the leaves start turning fall color. So we're talking about the trees that may be in stress. Sometimes they're also infected with leaf disease. If in question, bring in those diseases. So sometimes the disease can't be fixed now, Tim. It can only be fixed in the spring. Sometimes there might be insect, and we could do a systemic insect drench 
Well, you take a big tree for an example, and uh, things like gypsy moth, you see that big oak. It would take a long time for that right. systemic insect control doused on the ground to go all the way up to that tree. Mm -hmm. So maybe now's the time to question. Many evergreen plants are dropping yellow and brown needles at this time. Um, in most cases, don't worry. Every autumn, most evergreens shed their older or inner needles or sometimes their third year growth. This is quite a natural event. People will reach into the white pine and bring out a handful of needles and I'll tell them, it's okay. Um, just make sure the plant keeps moist. Again, all value evergreens feed with uh, tree tone in the autumn and uh, have the soil well irrigated afterwards. Tim, I said earlier how busy it gets to be at Waddell's this time of year. Yeah. And uh, very busy for some of the staff. And thank you, staff, for all your hard work. Besides receiving truckload after truckload of blooming chrysanthemums, fall pansy plants, fresh dug evergreens, autumn lawn supplies, shade trees, shrubs, uh, we are all eagerly waiting the arrival of our shipment of spring flowering bulbs. And they have, most of them, arrived from the Netherlands. Dozens of cases of tulips, hyacinths, crocus, and iris, and allium um, are being unpacked and put on the display. And no, I did not say daffodils. They are coming. They're, uh, they're either on a boat or they're still in a harbor and they're coming our direction. But at the moment, we're uh, thumbs up. We know they're coming, but just... Um, they're on the way. They're on the way. <laughs> Go to the anticipation. What I wrote in here, though, was... Uh, <clears throat> You better come, because last year when I went to go get my bulbs, oh, Tim, they were long gone. Oh. So um, maybe now's the time to at least start planning out, stop in, take a look at some of the new varieties of tulips that are here. You know, when shopping for spring flowering bulbs at Waddell's, there are two very important companions to consider. Pick up some bulb tone fertilizer to plant with every bulb. Bulb tone is proven to enhance bulb flower quality and the health for years. The second item to look for, and maybe with the hard ground this year, is a bulb planting auger. Using the auger in a cordless drill will increase your speed of planting bulbs tenfold. Auger the hole in seconds, drop in a pinch of bulb tone in each hole, add the little right amount of soil, then the bulb, then more soil, Water well and presto, your bulbs are nestled in for a winter's nap and will be ready to be staged for the most beautiful show on earth next spring. Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, I look forward to uh, um, when we start planting the bulbs and taking out some of the annuals for sure. <laughs> uh, since we took a quick little break, we got uh, Sandy on the line. So let's go ahead right to the phones. And of course, if you have a comment or question this morning for Andy, 382-4280-1877-382-4280. Or you could text that comment or question to 80373. And uh, Sandy, good morning here on WKZO. Sandy, how are you? Pretty good. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about hydrangea bushes. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a blue one, and last year or this year it didn't bloom. The two years before that it did. Mm -hmm. And I don't trim it because during the spring when it comes out, part of the top is dead. I wait to see what's dead and doesn't green out. And good I job. Trim that off, but that's all the trimming I do. Okay. And so what do I do to get it to bloom? 
So, Sandy, I got to ask a couple questions. Sun or shade? Sun. Okay, full sun? Mostly. Okay, and is it in a spot that's pretty good and hot? Yeah, seems to be. Okay, <laughs> especially the summer. So, I'll, I will say that uh, blue hydrangeas sometimes like a morning sun and an afternoon shade. And I'm just wondering if those roots might be getting a little hot, and yes, they might be struggling, but... When the plant dies back, Sandy, all the way in the winter, then it comes up from just its roots, like a hosta. Nice foliage, but right. very little flower. So I would highly suggest, if you're going to leave it there. Half of these branches are still alive come spring, so it doesn't completely die back, but about the top half of the yep. branches do. Yep. And if you got it like on the east side, but my main thing, Sandy, is come Thanksgiving weekend, Make sure you mulch your hydrangeas, everybody. Mound the the pinks and the blues and the purple ones. Sandy, I'd take a bag of cedar mulch to every single hydrangea you have and open it up and cover the plant. Heal the plant up. Don't just put a little cedar mulch at the base because all your buds on those trunks of that uh, branch of the hydrangea are flowers for next year. Okay, let's say we have a good winter that has three feet of snow. All those buds are protected. Let's say we have a winter like we did last year, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, no no coverage on the hydrangea. You described it. Half the top was dead, so a lot of that flower bud probably burned off. Plants alive or the roots are hardier than the top. So then take your mulch off. Uh, middle of April, third week in April, kind of leave it there, Sandy. And then just, you know, we get, we sometimes get some pretty good May frost. So let it breathe, start getting some moisture to it. And that might get that plant to set, set its uh, buds to overwinter. All right. Item number two, superphosphate will help immensely set bud and flower development for hydrangeas. So you put that on. Zero for you could do that half strength twice a year, and I might I might do that here in the next uh, two to three weeks when you're put um, start putting some of your perennial gardens to bed. That would be uh, perfect timing. It'll settle in, and then the second dose you could put on in the spring. Okay. So that will help in big leaf um, flowering or macrophylla hydrangeas a lot better. Alrighty. Thank okay. You. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Sandy. All right. Thank you very much for the call, Sandy. Of course, more of your comments and questions coming up with Andy Waddell, this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. To enhance the beauty of your outdoor living area, check out the huge selection of stone at Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center. Waddell's carries several varieties of bagged stone, and this week it's 10% off. Stone can add that finishing touch to your landscape. Some of the prettiest walkways are made from Royal Gorge Rock or Firefield Blendstone. A succulent garden is even more beautiful accented by quartzite stone. Garages or outbuildings look great accented by red volcanic rock, slate redstone, or white marble. As always, the helpful experts at Waddell's will be happy to help you pick out exactly what you need. Just bring your area measurements and they'll help you estimate how much stone you need for that new patio, stairway, water garden, and more. But hurry, sale ends next Wednesday. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Milliman 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at waddells.com. 
As we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence, of course, 382-4280-1877-382-4280. Once again, your host, Andy Waddell. And thank you, Sandy, for calling in this morning. Absolutely. So, hydrangeas can be a big issue. So, you know, on uh, some of the varieties, and that's where it's nice to check, is uh, some varieties, Tim, you actually like to cut very hard. Oh. Things like limelight, mm-hmm. quick fire. Some of those varieties grow so fast, they bloom only on New Year's wood. Mm-hmm. So cutting hard, um, third week and second week in May or okay. late in November, you can put them to bed if they were in a very protected area. But that way they push out lots of new growth and new growth, all new flower. Compared oh. to your big leaf hydrangea, you wouldn't want to touch, just like Sandy's talking gotcha. about. Gotcha. So... Um, uh, a couple things that happened uh, at the house here. Yeah, yeah. Last last week, uh, everybody knows what pokeweed is. So mm-hmm. pokeweed is that purple that uh, fruit, the huge huge plant, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, the purple berry is all over you. Now it's growing up in the sergeant crab, and sure, I'm walking around <clears throat> putting some stuff in the burn pile. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just see the pokeweed, and sure enough, my brain says, I don't like weeds. And so I run over there. I don't run, Tim, but I go over there. Well, lo and behold, in the wall of the barn was a very nice bald face hornet nest. Uh-huh. I'm not seeing that until it was <laughs> too late. It got me in the ear, the face, the shoulder, Ooh. the back. And so, uh, um, so we wait. We wait at night. I look up many things on YouTube, how to not do it. <laughs> and uh, So waiting at night, night was cool. Trying to spray it with the foam. Next day, it looked like they were kind of all laughed at me because they're up in their nest. So, you you know, and I don't want to go right up to it. It's right. on the side of the barn. You can't get up. There's big columns of oh, yeah. bald-faced hornet going up, must be in this hole underneath this windowsill. So we check in this morning, 38 plus has residual compared to that foam, which is contact. So um, we're going to try that and I'll let you all know maybe the outcome because uh, I can't remove the nest because the nest is up inside. Mm-hmm. But And uh, I know they're not hardy, but the last thing you want to do is once it gets super cold, um, seal that up for next year for sure. There you go. And, uh, uh, well, we uh, can't wait to hear the results of that, and we thank you for your <laughs> <laughs> for your donation to your body, right. just in case. <laughs> Let me know how fast you can do the forty yard dash. So. <laughs> Tim, it comes on. You actually some the last time I got stung, I had been moving mulch at a client's yard for two days, back and forth and back and forth, having no idea, not even seeing the bald face hornet nest that was in between rung number one and rung number two on a split rail fence. Oh boy. I think I was two wheelbarrow loads left and I hit that corner of the fence and oh man, she started uh, buzzing and I ran into the lake. (laughs) I did. Perfect spot. (laughs) (laughs) From definitely uh, sound like it looked like a movie for sure. So, and then my second thing, everybody was, Mm -hmm. um, we're all human. So grab my coffee this morning, sure, which I don't have and my notes uh, and threw them in the truck and ran out to grab my boots and socks. And lo and behold, that truck locked. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> a lot of this I'm uh, doing thankfully to uh, technology and Sherry sending me over some of my notes. But if you have a call or a question, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. I have a couple more things too, for sure. But um, 
I would uh, give out a couple gift cards for the next couple callers oh, if you wanted. Okay. So uh, um, I had a caller a couple nights ago, and um, Gary from Dowling is a good friend of my dad's and was having just terrible problems with acorns on the oak trees oh. to a point where it was almost a nuisance to be outside, almost just peddling the cars and boats and everything, just wow. making a mess of the deck. And uh, it was just, um, a lot of it is somebody else at Waddell's just recently called and came in. Why are the walnuts doing the same thing? Well, um, they they go through stages. And so like many trees, oaks have irregular cycles of boom or bust. Oh. Boom times are called mast years, M-A-S-T, which occurs every three to five years, but smaller acorn crops in between. But sometimes why and how sometimes these cycles can be a mystery. So um, I, I know for a fact that predictions on weather and the highs and lows like we've seen in last year, sometimes the fruit base uh, or the stress of a plant the plant wants to give off seed to make sure it survives. So a lot of times the 2020 maybe made the results of 2021 seeds. Now, it's not just with oaks, everybody. Walnut, you guys look at spruce. The top of the spruce are loaded with mm -hmm. acorns. Uh, I'm sorry, acorns, but <laughs> pine cones and crab apple. Uh, is just loaded on my patio, on the back patio. So it just has a chance so to uh, come and go. So um, strangely, mast years are not simply resource-driven. Sure, a wet, cool spring can affect pollination, and a hot, dry summer can affect acorn um, maturing. But annual rainfall and temperature fluctuations are much smaller in magnitude uh, than acorn crop sizes. In other words, weather variables cannot account for all the excess nutty production. So triggers from um, chemical signaling to pollen availability sometimes, uh, like I've said, also weather contributes for sure. So just ideas with uh, a large oak, they say, can produce 10 to 20,000 acorns. Well, that's a lot of acorns Ooh, to rake up. Is. And the, the issue was, Tim, we'll take the call here in a second. He had just put on a new lawn. So a lot, uh. so, you know, it was hard for him. What do I do? Uh, I was smothering the new grass. So uh, we suggested maybe watering before and try to blow some of those acorns off instead of raking all right. your brand new seed up or, Hurry up and water, water, water. Get some of that seed established and do some of it next week or in the next 10 days. Ah, gotcha. Uh, on that note, we'll uh, take a quick break and, of course, be right back with more of your comments and questions for Andy of this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. A little more color to your life? Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center has a great selection of perennial plants that will color up your outdoor living area year after year. This week, all of Waddell's perennials in stock are 25% off. There are over 500 varieties of potted perennial plants, including coral bells, forget-me-nots, and columbine. Hostas are a beautiful choice for shadier areas. 
Some of your favorite bloomers that are known to attract hummingbirds and butterflies like Monarda and Coneflower are also on sale. Or bring home a Happy Returns Daylily for years of bright blooms that will last most of the summer. All of these perennials and many, many more are in stock now and are 25% off while they last. Enjoy more color in your life with Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at Waddell's.com. Now would be a good time to dress up landscape plantings with fresh mulch from Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Mulch helps plants retain needed moisture and protects the roots from upcoming winter weather. This week, red, black, and brown dyed mulches are all on sale. The large two cubic foot bags are now $5.77 or save even more and get 10 bags for $55. If it's stone mulch you're looking for, Waddell's carries nine varieties of stone and they're all 10% off this week. To get that nice neat line in your landscape, put edging around perennial beds, gardens, and around trees to hold mulch in place. Select edging styles are also on sale this week at Waddell's. Choose from brick, plastic, aluminum, or steel. Wouldn't it be more convenient to have the mulch come to you? Just ask Waddell's friendly staff to set up a convenient date for you to have your garden needs delivered to your home or business. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center is located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at Waddell's.com. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell. Comments and questions, we have time for you, 382-4280-1877-382-4280. You can also text that comment or question to 80373. Let's head right to the phones, if that's okay with you, Andy. Mary calling in. Good morning, Mary. You're on WKZO. Mary, how are you today? I'm just fine, thank you. It's a beautiful day. It is. It is. How can I help in the gardening world today? Well, I have a wisteria growing up a trellis alongside of a pole barn, and it started out um, earlier in the summer with nice little um, flowers on it, but now it's just taken over big time with just vines and leaves and I just don't know if I should cut it way back or or what. Yep, and uh, wisteria has really been improved on because I would usually tell you leave it alone, but um, wisteria used to take 7 to 10 to 12 years to start flowering, but amethyst falls and some of the other varieties really have come to improve where they almost marry flower every year, somewhat somewhat consistent, but they flower on the older wood. The older stems is where you'll bear any of that flower. So all that wild, because I have one at home, and this summer with the heat, it has also gone ballistic. Yes. And um, that a lot of that could be trimmed off without worrying um, about necessarily ruining the flower itself. Um, wisteria is aggressive. It's, it's one of the bigger vines, but in the right spot, it is a, it's a beautiful plant. Okay. After I... Cut it. When when should I cut it back? Yep. I if you have the opportunity, I'd wait till spring unless you got a lot of that foliage that's being very bothersome now. All all those sprigs, just like grapes, you know, the outside edges are not going to bear, and so it would be fine to cut all the wild off um, this fall. And then feed it with anything. I would, and what I would do is not with nitrogen. I would just do flowering. 
So oh. that just like hydrangea, we were talking about a few minutes ago, superphosphate is what I would feed wisteria because that'll set bud and flower development and not nitrogen, which is lots of lots of greening power that you don't need. Great. Yeah, and so uh, uh, most of the time we say, hey, put shovel full of composted cow manure down. But if you don't have the super phosphate, but along with that, I would highly suggest that a cup or two of bone meal would sure help. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. And then you'll start seeing the buds or the nobules start forming on the older wood, and they almost look like army scale, um, real hard brown um, shoots that'll start elongated right along the stem that'll set for this winter. That's next year's flower. Sounds good. Nice. Thanks, Mary. I appreciate it. Mary, stay on the line, and we got a gift card for you, and thanks for calling in all the time. So, Sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right, Mary, hang on the line there for just a moment. We'll get you squared away with that. Again, comment or question for Andy this morning, 382-4280 or text 80373. You bet. Well, thank you, everybody. And um, we're talking about what to do in planting bulbs. Now, um, I've had people that actually have had poor success, Tim, planting bulbs. I'm like, what has, what has happened? So we always suggest don't planting like a row of tin soldiers. So when one or two don't come up, sometimes, whether it be air pockets that a vole, a shrew, uh, a mouse had created underneath that, allowed the uh, plant to dry out. They don't necessarily always eat them. It's just disturbing them that might not get them to grow. So second thing is heavy ground. So always keep in mind the necessity of well-drained soil for success with any bulb, rhizome, corm, or root. If the garden soil is clay in nature, no doubt holds too much water for successful gardening. To remedy, either bring in again, soil sample, I've said it over, or work in the top eight or nine inches, clay soil conditioner. It will surely help with uh, some of your success. We do have a call coming in as Mm -hmm. we're waiting for that to get all set up. And again, if you do have a comment or question, you can uh, dial in 382-4280 or text 80373. And it looks like we're going to head up to Plainwell. Good morning, and Plainwell. S- and say good morning to Janice. Good morning here on WKZO. Janice, how's it going? Well, really well. Good morning, and thank you for doing your show. Hey, I, I love all the learning that you spread out to all of us. <laughs> well, I enjoy You know what? I have to turn around and learn so then I can pass it on to our gardening friends for sure. So I enjoy it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Hey, I have a question. I have a number of peony um, bushes in the yard, mm-hmm. and um, one of them, two of them started with the... Uh, um, um, Oh, gosh, the wilt, the... Um, Botrytis blight. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now it's spread to all of them, but um, I came in, oh, probably a month ago and got a spray to put on all of them. Yes, ma'am. Um, it doesn't seem to have worked, but I'm wondering how do I clean all this up before winter or before next year? And a lot of that is as that uh, foliage tends to wither and go down, make sure it's withering normally and not from drought, but peonies can take a lot of dry, but throw that foliage away. Don't let the foliage this time, Janice, hang around the plant. Number two, peonies, if you are, they really don't care for composted cow manure. And so Botrytis blight is easily passed onto peonies and other things, but along the row of them also. 
Now, maybe that spray helped, but it's hard to correct the existing foliage that already has it. Now, did it seem to spread after you sprayed? Yes. Okay. So is it in a spot where it's in the garden where you can take take care of it? Is it in a spot where it's out in the yard where it's gotten really dry? I um I talked to Danielle this week at our house and I've let in the front yard getting <clears throat> it's my fault, way too dry. Things are starting to brown up way sooner than we we normally see it in our front yard. Just wondering if well, that's a spot. They're in different one, two, three three different spots in the yard and they're all um watered by the um uh watering system so they automatically get watered you know three four times a week yep yep and so right there janice that might be why that continues because that plant just keeps getting moist three or four times a week where peonies are not going to want that and so maybe is there a way some of that water could be diverted or use differently like in a drip irrigation where those peonies could be getting it instead of their foliage because a lot of times even if you put a a systemic fungicide on um chances are if you're keep getting wet that foliage keeps getting wet and late morning you'll still have that fungicide or that fungus keep growing on the plant well we can take a look at adjusting you know some of the sprinkler heads to see if that might make a difference mm -hmm. I, I don't believe it's going to make any difference this year. Am I correct? And we're correct. just going to have to cut it down and then um, get rid of the foliage. Yes. Yeah. I and actually, I'd burn it. I would not compost it, or or at least discard it so it's not in the compost pile because that will spread. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And uh, I know peonies are another one that loves to be put to sleep with like bone meal. It just uh, um, or a spoma plant tone. Either one of those would give vigor to the plant for next spring better. Okay, so how much bone meal would you put around each plant? They're pretty um, established. Um, established. They're yeah. mature plants. Yeah, I would go ahead and uh, put three quarters of a cup around each plant. Okay, okay, okay. I'll do that. Work then. it in All and right. water it in, and that way it gets some encouragement. New growth will fight off that uh, fungus in the you know, a little bit better in the spring. Okay. All right. And how deep do you put the bone meal or just spread it around? Work it in the top couple inches and then soak it in. It'll work its way down. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, gosh, thanks a lot for your help. Thank Janice, you. Janice, thank you for calling in very much. All right. Thank you very much, Janice. And just like that, we're out of time. Hey. Andy, we'll have to pick up where we left off next week. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. Thank you for tuning in to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence, uh, Saturday morning in the 9 o'clock hour here on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO.